This is the Tyson Durfee Show. Compete, lead, and become a champion. Today you guys are in for a treat. I have a guy that is one of the most successful digital marketers on the planet. He's also a cowboy, which makes him even cooler. He dreamed of becoming a professional calf roper as a kid and is now a team roper. Guys, I want to introduce you my very, very, very close friend, the billion dollar cowboy, also known as Bart Miller. Bart, thanks for being here today, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, and hopefully I didn't stray too off the path becoming a team <laughs> roper versus calf roper. Yeah, I'm not going to... It not, did happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to hold that against you. As long thanks. as you got a rope in your hand, thanks. you're still a pretty good guy. Perfect. You know? I'll take um, it. I'll take it. And Bart, you know, you're you're a really interesting guy. Yeah. You know, we met a few, several years ago now. And just so everybody knows how I met Bart, it was actually through Instagram. You know, I I put this story post up on Instagram and I'm like, hey guys, I'm thinking about doing this mentorship program thing online, you know, and and it was basically asking about, you know, how to do it. Bart reached out to me through message and said, hey, you know, if you do this, do this, this, and this. I'm like, who is this guy like reaching out to me? But I'm like, cool. And so I clicked your profile it just, like, I, I totally creeped your page. Yeah. Like, you know, the first thing that somebody wants to know, like, when they get a message from somebody, sure. somebody is, is this a real person, okay. or is this some, like, weirdo stalking, yeah. okay. you know? And especially my girls out there, y'all can relate, because yeah. you know that guy yep. that hits you up, you got to check out, you got to Google them, you yep. got to make sure their profile's real. But anyway, so I creeped your profile. I want to see who you were, and I seen a bunch of stuff about digital marketing, a bunch of stuff about bodybuilding, then I went to YouTube and YouTubed you, yeah. and I, I seen you uh, done a bunch of cycling stuff, yeah. and I seen you like with all these like mega famous people, yeah. right? Or people that I knew to be mega famous. Sure. You know, you know, I seen a picture with you and Tony Robbins. Yeah. I seen you and Russell Brunson. They, yeah. You there was a one of the series that Russell Brunson did, and you were on it. He yeah. was talking. You guys were walking outside in the snow, yeah. and he was talking about you and stuff. Yeah, he's track. I was just so like enthralled with who you are because you live so many lifestyles. I do. And I realized very quickly that that you were for real. Like this wasn't some weirdo just trying to take my money. Like you were a real person. But I never met anybody in my entire life that wore so many hats. Yeah. And by saying that is lived so many different lifestyles. Yeah. You know, guys, and, and Bart, and, I, and I'm not here to just puff his ego. Though. Our whole goal is to share our life experiences with you guys so that you can take what we've learned through the School of Hard Knocks, apply it to your life, and to make you better. And I quickly found out that, you know, his nickname is the Billion Dollar Cowboy, partially because, you know, it's your persona. It's the way you carry yourself. You carry yourself with optimism, that you want to go out and achieve great things, and you've sold well over $100 million online, so that's, that's a huge prop to you, but... The reason I wanted to interview you, above and beyond all the, you know, the internet stuff, mm-hmm. is that you have reinvented yourself so many times. Yeah. Tell me a little bit, you know, about Bart Miller getting started, maybe a little bit of love with, with rodeo, roping, and horses. Tell me a sure. little bit, how did that get started? Where'd you get your first horse, and yeah. how did that whole journey get going for you? Yeah, so when I was little, uh, we actually, uh, I, I have a handicapped sister, and so we lived in Arco, Idaho, it's where I was born at, and then my dad was a school teacher and taught industrial arts. Couldn't make enough money to pay for all the yeah. doctor bills, stuff like that, so we moved to a little town called Wellsville, Utah. 
In Wellsville, we had these horses that lived right next to us. They were amazing. I was just, I loved horses. I don't know, from the day I was born, you know, I just loved them. So we had this pole fence, and these yeah. horses would come over, and then there was this huge one, old-style barns. Yeah. But it started to tip over, so they'd take cables, and they, they'd man down <laughs> cables down to that. Trying field. to straighten it out. You'd keep it so it wouldn't yeah. fall over, right? Yeah. And so I would, man, I would just love to get that horse as close as I could. And as a little kid, I'd just jump on these horses bareback, <laughs> and I'd grab their mane, right? And they'd take off? Well, they kind of like, you knew which one was going to do what, you know? And there was yeah. an old one, he was kind of a mix, I would say, between a quarter horse and, I mean, he's not obviously a pine yeah, tail, yeah, but yeah. kind of that yeah. mixture, you know, this really thick bone, bigger horse. Well, he couldn't move as fast as he wanted to, but he, he darn sure was smart. So what he would do is he'd get to those cables. And he knew I was a kid, and he would get to that cable, and he would just start to creep until I was almost to his ass end, and he'd just creep me right off the back end, right? Oh, so really? fall on the ground, you yeah. know? And it was quite a ways down, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, you bugger. So then what I learned to do is he would start creeping, so I would start to hunch up. As soon as he got to a certain point, I'd jump over the cable. <laughs> then he'd run into the next cable, and then he'd stop, and he'd do the yeah. creep. And then I'd jump over that one. We did this for quite some time. And then when I got a little better at riding that way, they'll... The game progressed between me and this horse. And so his name was Sandy. Then there was Cupcake. And then anyway, so we went off this. So as life progressed, I'll never forget, Tyson, that my dad didn't believe in saddles. He was oh, Mr. Really? Anti, so was my grandpa. They wow. were very anti-saddle when you were learning how to ride. Yeah. Well, my best friend then, I learned this young kid that's grandfather owned this barn. His name was Clint Christensen. Clint became my very best friend. Mm -hmm. But Clint's dad eventually bought him a saddle. Yeah. And I'll never forget that day. It was one of those days that I just coveted. It was like having this thing that you're just like unattainable that you want. Yeah. But it's like, I just, I mean, and I remember that we went out there and we saddled this horse up for the first time and this saddle and the smell of that fresh leather. And I thought, man, I'm going to own a saddle like that one day. Yeah. Like all the dreams you have as a kid, yeah. right? So that progressed to my, my parents decided that they didn't love each other anymore and they got yeah. what's called a divorce. So I ended up, long story short, living with my grandmother and mm -hmm. my dad away from my siblings. And my grandmother, my grandfather was a horseman, actually had a stud and stuff like that. And my grandmother knew the best way to raise young kids and boys was to give them a job. <laughs> so yeah. we instantly went back to having cows. Yeah. Eventually she bought me my very first little mare. Wow. And man, I was like, this is a dream come true. This is my calf. This is my ticket in life. Thing. Yeah. I was going to ask you like, yeah. why, why calf roping? You know, when, you know, you, when we first talked, you said, man, I, I love, I just dreamt about being a calf roper yeah. and being from Idaho. It's like, there's not, it's not like it's the hub of calf roping. Yeah. Like, no, it was well, really interesting because there was a guy that lived down the road that was actually shorter. If you guys, if you, I'm five, five to put in perspective. Yeah, yeah. He was probably five foot. His name was Floyd Crystal. Really? Yeah. Okay. Tough as nails. This wow. guy was just tough as nails. But an older gentleman. Yeah. So Floyd grabbed me as a young boy, but Floyd was just beyond passionate. They, they owned rodeo stock. Yeah. But his thing was calf rope. Really? So he had At five old, feet tall. Yeah. And he had an old log horse. I wish I had a picture of it. But he had legs on it and it looked like a calf, but it was an old log. Mm -hmm. And he would sit out there and just rope that for hours. <laughs> and so when we were there, he would have us young kids. We were, our whole deal was to see how fast we could go run down the road. Mm, and yeah. he would time us. Babies, he was babysitting us basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Young boys, you know, just really keeping us busy. And so then he would get us picking strings out. And he would make us run down there. And we were doing, so I just fell in love with everything about it because I was fast. Yeah. I was yeah. agile. I mean, it was just a lot of fun things. Well, then 
that just progressed to where I just had the passion for calf rope, and I knew that was what I was going to do. It didn't, I mean, I did it, but I never became really great yeah. at it. So, but loved it, and that's how I fell in love with all of that. And then uh, life progressed. Uh, I mean, I still loved horses, got to college, rode horses, did everything that way. And then when I got a little older, because this podcast could be ours if I told you everything, yeah. <laughs> I, I had heel horses and was really heavily into team rope and, and thought I wanted yeah. to be a big time healer. Yeah. So I did that for several years. And then my oldest, my kids started getting old enough to where they, it just wasn't enjoyable. They did not love horses, which broke my heart. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. And uh, I had a really nice horse trailer trucks, everything at that point. And I remember looking at my wife and telling her, my, I got an amazing wife. And I just said to her, I said, look, you know, if our kids don't love it, I don't want to do this right now. So yeah. I'll give this up. But one day I want to come back. I want to come back. And she's like, you know, I'll support you. I love it. And I agree with that. So when I did it, Tyson, I sold everything I had, and literally it was probably the most emotional, hardest thing I ever did. Yeah, I was. Gonna, I want to ask you, like, going from being such a Western individual mm-hmm. to selling your horses, your mm-hmm. trucks, your trailers, Fairly. how did that feel emotionally? Because it yeah. feels like, like to me, you know, it feels like I would let go of part of who I actually am as a human being. And I did. Yeah. Literally. And some people, some 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 people might be out there in this situation right now, yeah. that where they can't afford. Yeah. To have the horses yeah. and the trucks and the trucks, and maybe it's their dream and their desire to do it, but they've got to let go. What would you tell somebody like that? I would just tell them that, you know what, I, I'm i here to tell you that if you'll build you a vision board and understand that yeah. and understand a few of these other principles that teach that Tyson's teaching you, that you will have it all. Yeah. But you got to believe that you're going to have it all. You will have it all. And and, and I, I remember that. I, I Honestly, Tyson, I couldn't even have a halter sitting out oh, where yeah. I could see it because I, if I saw it, I get too emotional about it. So then I knew I had to lose myself into something else. Yeah. So you took all of what you had as a cowboy Mm -hmm. and you, you had to separate yourself completely because any object, anything would just bring you back to that world and it would trigger you. Mm -hmm. So you get out of the, the, the rodeo thing and and grant everybody, I'm thinking that you're pretty young. You're very, you're young. I I had my my two kids. Yeah. And so money was probably tight. Yeah, it was tight, but it wasn't obtainable. I would say that it obtained at that point, but it was, it wasn't like I had the money I have today. Yeah, yeah. And so you got rid of that. You go to the next stage in life, and this is what I want you guys to hear. This is what makes Bart so unique, guys, from anybody else that I know. Is that he has an ability to reinvent himself into almost a new human being quickly, quickly, and I almost didn't believe a lot of what Bart told me that when I first met him because I never met anybody that had done it like you've done it. And to me, that's a very, very important thing because a lot of people, you know, were school teachers. COVID hits. All of a sudden, they're not school teachers anymore. They have to learn how to teach through a computer, right? Some people, you know, had jobs and lost jobs. Some people are really struggling. Some people did one thing their entire life. And then all of a sudden, with the way the world is right now, have to pivot and don't know how to. That's right. You know, what would you say to that person that maybe lost their job or is going through that change in life? Maybe it's a, a loss of a loved one or a yeah. change of a relationship yeah. to make that pivot into something else. Like, what is the foundation principle? Because you've done it better than anybody I've ever met. Yeah. I'll tell you a story first, and then I'll get right to that if you don't mind. Yeah, I'll go ahead. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you guys, one thing that was really interesting to me is is that I had made it really big in my career. And I'll tell you the story, and then I'll go back and answer Tyson's question because I think this is important for you to hear first. Because some of you... I would say would be right here if you're in that position. And I remember I lost everything. I I, I remember I, I went and got in bed one day and I thought I'm never going to get out of here. 
And I remember that third day taking a pistol and laying it next to my, mm. where my wife would sleep. Wow. I remember laying there with that gun in there and thinking to myself, it's got to be easier to be gone. And then I, I remember that night and I was so mad that I looked up at God and I said, God, damn you. Like I was so mad. Yeah. Why, why would you ever do this to me? Why would you ever put me in a position to where you take everything from me? And Tyson, at that point, I remember I, I'd hired other great mentors, great yeah. coaches. In fact, yeah. I just got back from a Tony Robbins event a month earlier than that. But I, it, was, it was a big event, very, mm. very dramatic in my life. But I remember there doing that. And I remember saying, God, damn you for doing this to me. And I don't love you. I'm mad at you. I mean, I mean, if I could have said any word in the book to him, I that said, hurts me to hear you say that. Yeah, you know, it hurt uh, me. Yeah, but I, I was just at that point, and I was yeah. so mad. And I remember going to bed that night. I remember I woke up about two o'clock in the morning, and I remember thinking of all these coaches that I've co that I've been taught. And I remember thinking, and it would be the same. So I'll give you an example. If I hired Tyson, I would demand Tyson to help me become the best calf roper. And what I mean by that is, even if he told me to run five miles and put me through the hell, I would expect him to put me through hell because I'm paying you yeah. to make me the best, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember thinking that exact same thing with one of my other coaches. And then all of a sudden, I remember just, it was like God speaking to me and saying, yet when I do that to you, Bart, oh, wow. You chastise me. Yeah. You curse me. You'll wow. pay another human. <laughs> To make you the best. But when I do it, now I don't know if anybody's there, but if you want to take <clears throat> and eat some humble pie, yeah, that's the day. That's it. I sat there, I went and put that gun on the shelf, and I thought, man, if God's going to create me in, I mean, if I got him as my mentor, yeah, what am I doing? Yeah, He's really mentoring the shit out of me, and I'm, I'm mad at it, and I'm, I'm upset. But yet, I'm gonna pay, I'd pay Tyson yeah, whatever. whatever he wanted to kill me. Like, literally. Dude, you're doing 100 push-ups today. You go yeah. do this. You're going to rope this cap. I mean, I would have been like, hey, dude, you're awesome. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. But yeah, here was God. Trying to shape you. And Best you were in the world. You were resisting the whole thing. Resisting. I flat out told him to yes. pound sand. I was done. Yeah. See what I mean? So if you're there, first of all, know that God is right there with you being your mentor. Yeah. So don't make that mistake like I almost made. Don't make that. So so then, at that point in time, I was like, you know what? Time to get my <clears throat> pull my big boy pants back up and yeah. get after it. So I started thinking to myself, what what uh, should I do and what do I need to do? And another thing I always learned from a really young age was, if you will hire the best or hire a really somebody that knows the subject you want to go into, it's the shortcut to life. Yeah. And you can really close that gap, right? Yeah. Now, when I say that, let's be clear. They really have to have been there, done that. Yeah. So right now, today, if I was going to hire the number one, I want, let's say hypothetically, I decided I wanted to go into calf rope today and yeah. become the best I possibly could. Who would I hire? You. Sure. Right? Sure. Now, Tyson may tell me no, but I'm going to darn sure try to go as high on the totem pole as I possibly can and then work myself backwards. Yeah. Now, what I mean by that is this. I may have had to come and work for Tyson for a year and never make a damn dime, clean his stalls, do whatever it takes, and I've done this. Like I went to mentors that I've literally worked my tail end off to be able to, to, to get where I wanted to get. But I, you learn so much in the details. Yeah. Just being around somebody. So I, and, first of all, start. Go ahead. I, and, and so guys, my job in all this is to unpack greatness for you guys. Yeah. And so 
you know, Bart, number one, told an amazing story that hit me right in my chest because I struggled with that a little bit too throughout my life. Sure. It's such a great reminder to talk to somebody who's been through that as well. Yes, sir. Right. And the other thing that he said that, and I know that you all can relate to that. I think we've all been to that point where we just had enough Oh yeah. at some point. Yeah. You know, I think people see me on social media and I'm so optimistic and I'm always sure. smiling and I'm always yeah. the optimistic guy, but usually the most optimistic guy went through hell and trained himself to be that way because he made it a priority in his life to not go back. And so I think that's brilliant. The second thing to unpack, guys, is that if you're trying to transition into something absolutely new that you've never done, find the very best that you can possibly afford in time collapse. That's right. And what that means, guys, and, and Broad, he put it in a, in a different sense than me, but what that basically means is you're sponging their knowledge, yep. you're learning from them so that it can make your path much shorter. That's right. You utilize their knowledge to make your path to success much quicker. I call it time collapsing. That's exactly what it is. When I learned about digital media, the first person I knew was Bart. Mm -hmm. So I was calling Bart all the time, mm -hmm. you know, and he was really, really like so willing to help me, you know, and mm -hmm. I'm so internally thankful for that. He's introduced me to, you know, ClickFunnels and, and Russell Brunson, which yeah. led me to Tony Robbins. Yeah. Like, and just all these other amazing people. And so I was able to time collapse. If I was trying to do it on my own, guys, it would take me years to get that done. Mm -hmm. I was blessed and thankful to meet Bart. I've paid other amazing mentors out the wazoo mm -hmm. to, to coach me and guide me, which I currently do now. Sure. But what he's saying, guys, because that is absolutely greatness, is that if you want to go to the next level or find you know greatness within yourself, you have to find somebody that's been there, done that, utilize their knowledge, to where you don't have to go through the school in hard knocks. You bet. Exactly right. Yeah, very well said. So, and so I want to I want to fast forward a little bit because mm -hmm. all that stuff's phenomenal. After you let go of the horse side of things, you knew you were coming back, but you knew you had to be a new human being or reinvent yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm familiar with your story, you know, quite yeah. a bit. We've been friends for a couple of years. You've went on to become to race Leadville, to be an amazing cyclist, to be a champion bodybuilder, to having a makeup school online. Yeah. You know, John Paul DeJorio, billion dollar guy, uh, who has an amazing story as well. How did you get from cowboy to having, I think, the largest online makeup school yeah. in the world? Like, yeah. how did you get from the A to B? Yeah. So one thing I'll just go back to really quick is, is uh, when you, when you, anytime you start something new, right. That like Tyson was talking about at the very beginning, always remember one thing that you, when you start to mentor that person, you have to become that attractive character. And if you don't understand what that means, you have to become just like that person. Yeah. And even down to, if I were mentoring Tyson, I would want to know why he wears the spur he wears. Why does he do what he does? Well, I mean, you really want to get into the psychology, the way they dress. Why do you do this? Why do you, and I know that sounds kind of funny, but reality is, is that's how you become what you want to become, right? You've got it. You've got to start to live it. So when I got into cycling, it wasn't the funnest thing the very first time I put spandex on and really tight shorts. And, you <laughs> you know, know, I used to make fun of those guys until we yeah. became good friends. I yeah. realized how hard it is. It really is. And oh, I, when I showed up the first time and I was with my group, it's awesome when you're with your friends. Yeah. Right? But when you leave your friends and all of a sudden you're with your other friends, they'll make a lot of fun of you. Oh, yeah. Like, especially sure. when you think you're the manly man, you show up at somebody, somebody's barbecue and they're like, 
where'd you come from? <laughs> you know, and they're giving you, but you know what I mean? But, but reality is you have to understand that you have to live yeah. the attractive character even through adversity. Somebody else seeing you as they were. I was a cowboy. When I changed gears, I had to become a businessman. When I changed gears, yes, I set my boots aside. Yes, I had to set the cowboy belt aside. You know, I set those things aside. I started dressing a different way, started doing things differently because I had to become a new human. So when you start to become something new or you're facing adversity, sometimes you've got to change everything. Some people, Tyson, that I know of even change their name. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in the movie industry, that happens all the time. There you go. When they become... Tom Cruise. That's right. Tom, that's not his real name. Right. I think it's important to note that you faced adversity when you yep. went from being the cowboy guy yep. to the cyclist to all these other things that you've done. Yep. How did you handle your friends that maybe didn't get that vision that yeah. you had? Because great. Like, obviously, your cowboy friends that yeah. lived in the same town yeah. did not get what you were doing. Totally. Like, and so yeah, how did yeah. you handle them jacking with you, making fun of you? Yeah. And, and it's probably in good nature. Like, yeah, they probably oh, didn't hate you as a human being. They probably didn't get it. Of course. But was it like, how did you handle it? Because it was yeah. your dream. It wasn't theirs. But, yeah. you know, most people would just go back, would revert yeah. back to their old habits or their old yeah. way of being. So I'm going to tell you the truth. As soon as you don't start showing up to the party, as soon as you don't show up at the Ropens, it's amazing how people forget about you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So to be honest with you, it's not as hard as people think it is. Mm. Because... You don't get invited anymore. Yeah. It's just really interesting how it happens. But when it does happen, what, what this is really interesting. When I did come back, it was funny how many people were still there that I already knew. Yeah, still in the industry. They were still there. <clears throat> still at the same ropens, still having fun, still knew who I was. In fact, that's how I got the nickname. I'll go into that a bit. But but reality is, is that how I really handled it was I was so riveted on what I want, but I did not ever take what I was doing and try to for no better term, puke and vomited on somebody else. Oh, that's brilliant. that's brilliant. I didn't care. I only went and joined them for what I knew they were and how much I loved them because I'd made wow, other so new friends that I could share all my excitement and enthusiasm with that stuff with them, right? But when I was with my old friends, I wanted to catch up on the Ropens. Yeah. I wanted to know all their talk. I wanted to be in their world, not try to say, hey, look at how cool cycling is. You ought to try riding a bike or you ought to join me here. It was like, why? I don't need to. Yeah, because... My family, same way. I didn't need to. I had nothing to prove to them. Oh, that's brilliant. Only to love them for who they were and what we had established as a relationship. And I think so many times when we're chasing a new path in life, we want to get people on our bus with us. Yeah. Like, and and when they don't get it, we want to make them get it. That's right. Like, why don't you understand that I want to spend five hours a day learning digital digital media in my office? Amen. Because, like, with what I'm doing now, it's like... Very few people get what I'm doing now. That's right. Right. And I realized really quick and partially due to what his Bart is saying is that it's my goal. Yeah. They don't have to get on my bus. No. I can love them even though they don't get it. Yeah. And I don't have to try to make them understand my dream. At the end of the day, it's my dream, it's my goal, it's That's not right. theirs. Yeah. So they're not gonna get it. But when, so, but when you do have a high, you can call a guy like me in the digital media space. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, oh, that's awesome. dude, let's talk shop. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. Right? But I think it's human nature when we feel like when somebody that doesn't get what we're trying to do, yep. whether it's... I don't especially if we know, like, and trust them. Yeah, especially if there's somebody close, like that's our right. mom or Amen. our dad or 100%. our best friend or our 100%. sister or brother. 
we tried so hard. Like, why don't they get it? Why don't they back me? Why don't they understand my dream? Because there's somebody out there listening right now yeah. that wants to be a rodeo cowboy. You bet. That parents don't get it. That's right. They don't get it. They're friends. 100%. They don't get it. Their sister. Maybe they were born in an urban family and they want to live a Western lifestyle, but 100%. their family doesn't get it. Yes, sir. And the thing that you guys got to remember is that you do you and don't force them to understand your dream because it was given to you. It wasn't given to them. That's right. Okay. Um, so fast forward, you've done the cyclist thing and and I'm literally guys, I want to fast forward because this is something (laughs) that we could talk about forever. Like we could spend, this could be a, like a Joe Rogan three hour podcast. Bart went on, uh, in the cycling space, uh, had a YouTube channel, did extremely well. I believe. Cyclingstrong.com. Yeah. Cyclingstrong.com. Then what do we do after that? So he was cowboy, then he was a cyclist and then he went from a little skinny cyclist. Yep. To a jacked bodybuilder. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first time I went to your profile, you're yeah. still in the bodybuilding yeah. thing. Pretty heavy. Like, yeah. there was no like cowboy stuff no. in here. It was all like this jacked, ripped guy. And I'm like, yeah. wow, I want to look like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you again, you shifted. I did bodybuilding. So what happened was, is my son was racing bikes with me. That yeah. was kind of our thing. That was our connection. Mm-hmm. And I always told my kids that their senior year, I lived their I lived their senior year with them. Oh, Whatever wow. they want to do, it's their last year. So I did that with every one of my kids. Mm-hmm. So my son's name's Kobe. And so Kobe came to me and said, Dad, I don't want to race bikes anymore. And I'm like, I'm going to kill you, kid. I got so, <laughs> so, so invested much in this. money in this. He was sitting at fourth in the nation in cycling. Wow. He was killing it. He was a phenomenal cyclist. Just absolutely awesome. Beautiful to watch on a bike. Just It was just great. And I'm like, what in the world? Well, there's this little thing called testosterone, if you ever heard of that, mm. that kicks into boys. And all of a sudden, <laughs> they really like these things called girls. And he was <laughs> That like, didn't happen to me, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> what happened? But he was like, Dad, I really just want to, I want to get, I want to start lifting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Like, what do you mean? How serious are you about this? Because I'm dead serious. And I'm like, well, son, I'll support you. So whatever you want to do. So I really just watched him. Never missed the gym for three months. Just never mm-hmm. missed it. And I was like, okay, he's dedicated. So I said, how do we go about things? Kobe says, we hire the best. We go after the best. And then we go from there. I said, okay, great. So we, him and I went to a bodybuilding show. First one I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. We went there. We watched. I started asking and interviewing all these guys. And the same name kept coming up, the number one coach in the physique category, which yeah. is what we wanted to compete in. Yeah. So guess what we did? We yeah. hired him. Flew to California. We would lift there for a week, and I did this for a year, and then I'd fly home and lift at home for three weeks. Fly back the next month, lift for a week, come back. Now, you ought to ask Sunny this story one time, because she was with me the first time. Okay, so we get there at this gym, and I mean, if you want to see eye candy for a woman, I mean, the, I mean these, these guys are all are, going to Mr. Olympia, yeah. and they all look phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal. Even a guy walks in and goes... A little yeah. jelly, you know, yeah. I mean, just like, <laughs> I need to get in shape being around these guys. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. So I walk in there and I work out with this coach. I, I, I literally, I, cause my personality, you know what I look yeah. at and I say, Hey Ryan, now look, if I can't make my goal in a year, I'm holding you accountable. Like you need to, you need to tell me, he goes, I'll take your shirt off first. You know? So I, we were in a separate room at this point in time. So I'm like, yeah, boom, pull my shirt off or everything like that. He goes, dude, I can have you win a sword in a year. I'm like, okay. So that means, you know, that's good news for me. Everything like that. So we go back in, and I told my wife, I'm going to hire this guy. He's my man. I'm going to follow everything. We're going to do this. We're going to compete in a year. I'm going to walk on stage, and we're going to win. So I, I put that out on social media. But the rest of the story was this. We went in there and did our first workout with all these guys. And these guys are just, I mean, 
they're lifting them awesome. Man. Yeah, they're they, like they're like studs, and you're yeah. like the cyclist that Dude, comes I'm in. I'm telling you, I was like the reject. So we get down to the very end. Well, Ryan, he said something that was really, really thing. He goes, I can see potential that no one else can see. Yeah. Because I've been there so many times. I mean, you know, I was just another cow to him. Yeah. Or another horse. I mean, he yeah. is on this so long, like, that's all And he's done with so many people. Right. Yeah. So we get to the end, and he goes, everybody's got a pose. Like, I don't know how to pose. It doesn't matter if you don't know how to pose. So everybody poses. Yeah, you got to figure it out. Take your shirt off. Well, now I'm in the group. Yeah. With all the studs. Yeah. I'm with the I'm in the PRCA with all the big yeah, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like expose yourself hundred <laughs> percent. I'm like, no. This and is weird. My yeah. wife was like sitting there going, Whoa, here's my husband, confidence, been on stages all over the world, talked all over the world, you know, I mean, kicked yeah. ass in cycling. And I'm sitting there going, Whoa, like I am out of my element. Yeah, big time. Take my shirt off, pose for the very first time. It was really, really good for me, but it was quite a process. But ended up a year later winning that sword. And, wow. Uh, took, took first in my category and then qualified me for nationals and went and competed at nationals. And I think the thing to pull out of that, the greatness to pull out of that, is the fact that, number one, the dedication. Flying to California every other week to work out for one week. That's dedication. Yep. For one year. Yep. The other thing was the timeline. You said to yourself, in one year, I have to have this thing done in one year. Right. The third thing that I want to pull out is the strategy. Yeah. You know, you had the strategy to get the job done. So, guys, you know, if you're out there and you're wanting to be the best breakaway roper and you say, I'm going to make the national finals and the breakaway roping in one year. Okay, what do I got to do? Yeah. And the thing that we miss so many times when we set our goals, and I've done it, and I've coached people, and every time they come to me, they say, hey, you know, I want to, I want to do this amazing thing. And they have that goal, like they've, they've done, they've wrote it down, or they have it in their mind, they have it out there, I'm going to do this big, amazing, amazing thing, but they don't do all the strategy and the dedication. So for myself, I started writing down that I will be a world champion in 2006. It took me to 2016 to get it done. There was a lot of years of ups and downs and wondering if it was ever going to happen, but I was dedicated. I stayed dedicated day in and day out. I wrote, I flank and tied, I exercised, I stretched, I did all the things I had to do that I felt like a world champion deserved. Did them all. I came close many times. I failed, right? Finally got it done. The other thing was that I was strategic. I was strategic in nature. By the time 2016 rolled around, I had been in contention to win a world championship in the last go-around of the national finals two times, and I played it safe to get a check. In 2016, roll around, I was a I was more financially independent, and I told my wife, I said, this year, if I get in that position, I'm going for it. Yep. I'm going for it. I'm not backing down to get a safe check. Yep. I put myself out there. It worked, but it was the third time. Yep. I failed two times prior. Mm -hmm. And guys, the thing that's so amazing to me about Bart is that everybody can set a goal. Yep. Right? We all can set a goal. Set your goals. It's po it's very popular to say something like that, and we all will do it. The thing that we miss is the strategy in between and the dedication to continuously chip away at that stone until we get the masterpiece that we're after. Can I add something to that too? Oh, is, yeah. is that I, on every trip I ever flew, on every hotel I ever stayed at, mm -hmm. I never cheated. Yeah. I never didn't lift weights. I found a way to make it happen. Yeah. So if you were, if you got four hours of sleep at night, you still went to a gym the next day. 
If I was riding bikes, Tyson, I would fly a bike everywhere I went, and I flew a CompuTrainer everywhere I went. I have no like, idea what a CompuTrainer is. It would be like a stationary <laughs> machine yeah. that weighs more than two or five bicycles put together in a suitcase. When I yeah. got there, I could ride in a hotel room if I had to. I oh, outside. really? Yeah. So I could set it up in there and ride. In your room and ride. And get my two hours of riding in every day. Wow. Yeah. yeah, you can ask my wife. I never went on a trip anywhere. I didn't either ship it all there, so I had it there. I bought an extra bike so I could do that with it. And in bodybuilding, I did the exact same thing. And if I couldn't eat clean, I didn't eat it all. Oh, wow. Really? I didn't eat. That's something I, I need to hear because I never, I never cheated because I gave my word to this man yeah. that if in one year he failed me, he had to give me all the, all the money back. Yeah. But I had to know. I did 100% the recipe that he gave me. Yeah, the right way. So that I could win. There was no doubt when I walked on that stage, I was going to win. Wow. That's awesome. And, and I mean, so many of us do cheat. I cheated. We all know? do. And I, I can honestly tell you guys that if you cheat a little bit, you cheat a lot, and that erodes your confidence. So I'll tell yeah. you a way not to cheat that's worth it to make it Yeah, tell me. Share with us. All right. So I'll tell you a quick story. A good friend of mine, <clears throat> he uh, wanted to lose weight. He really was dedicated to it because he was going to be on stage. Mm-hmm. He had tried multiple things multiple times. He's known as being a goat farmer and loves goats like crazy. <laughs> so now we got a goat farmer that's a bodybuilder. Yeah. Well, he's, he wanted to get in shape. His name's Dana Derricks, if you want to look him up. Oh, yeah. Dana yeah. loves goats, okay? So Dana called me one day and said, Bart, I need your help. I said, sure, Dana, what you got? He goes, I want to lose weight. I said, Dana, then you need to come to my house. He goes, I don't fly. And you, you read about Dana, that's a true story. Really? I said, Dana, will you figure out a way to get here then, however you want to get here? He said, okay, I'll get there because I, I really want to do this. That's how dedicated he was. So he got to my house. And he stayed for three days. Second day, he goes, Bart, you haven't told me a thing about how we're going to get to where we need to get. And that's the whole reason I came here. I said, well, Dana, if you want to get to it, we'll get it done. He goes, all right, so let's go to dinner. So we went to dinner. We get sat down there. And I said, Dana, eat whatever you want to eat. He goes, okay. He gets, it, gets all done. He goes, now, can we talk about what we got to do here? I said, you bet. It's, it's easy, Dana. And to all you out there, it's just this easy, and I'm serious about this. Mm. Okay, But there's a lot of principles you're going to learn right here real quick. Okay, Number one is this. We sat down, and I wrote on a piece of paper. I said, Dana Derricks will kill a goat. <laughs> he will eat a steak off of it live on Facebook if he alters his food plan at all. Yeah. I said, and, I, and I said, I wrote a contract with him right there on this napkin. I still have a picture of it. And I turned it to Dana and I said, sign it. He goes, I can't kill a goat. I said, well, then you won't win. Then you better not cheat. That's right. All you got to do is your end of the deal. He goes, dude, I can't do that. I said, well, then that's why you fell all times of your life. Yeah. That's it. The stakes you're, aren't high the enough. The pain yeah. does not weigh the pleasure of what you're getting. Yeah. So sign it. And I promise you. You'll be successful. Yeah. And he looked at me like, oh man, if I knew him well, I was going to fly out here for <laughs> I didn't fly. I thought I flew, I out, flew here. out here for a meal plan. Yeah. That's what he flew out there for. He flew out there thinking he wanted a meal plan and how to lift weights. He was wanting the quick fix like we all want. Yeah. We but all want the quick fix. He didn't know what he didn't know. Yeah. Okay. So guess what? He signed that contract. He, he uh, had to fly somewhere else. And when Dana flies, he gets drunk. Drunk yeah. or a skunk so he can get on this airplane. Yeah. He gets there. Three o'clock in the morning, my phone goes ringing like crazy. I'm thinking, who in the world is calling me at three o'clock in the morning? Dan Derricks. So I reach over just like if it was Tyson Durfee. I'm going to answer that call. Because something at three o'clock yeah, in the morning generally serious. is yeah. Yeah, serious. 
Answer the phone. It's Dana on the other end. Bart, you got to forgive me. I said, what happened? He goes, sir, I got off the plane. I was like freaking, I hadn't eaten all day long because I couldn't get food. Couldn't find anything. They stopped by a, a jack-in-the-box and oh, he grabbed me no. a burger. He grabbed me a burger. He said, uh, I, per, I ate the burger. But he said, we drove a mile and I knew I was going to have to kill a goat. And I knew I had to face you. He goes, so we stopped, and I gagged myself and puked <laughs> that entire thing out. It is oh, not wow. in my system. Wow. Can you please forgive me, and I don't have to kill that goat. But if I have to kill a goat, I will do what I have to do. <laughs> and I said, you're, you're, you've got the golden pass. If you puked it out, it's not your system. You're fine. And then oh, he never cheated another day, and he looked the best he ever did. Wow, that's people. that's so, really cool. And, and I think for a lot of us, the stakes aren't high enough. Exactly. Like, so when I was growing up, you know, my, my, the way that I did things in my brain, at least, was like, I would tell myself, I'm going to do this or I'm going to die. Yeah. Like, literally would tell myself that. I, if I don't do this, it's life or death for me. Yeah. And call it a, you know, the way I was raised or the way I, my mind is wired. I, I would just tell myself, I'm going to do this thing or I'm going to die. Yeah. And it allowed me to, to, to really dig deep, to get the stakes high enough to be able to, you know, wake up super early and flank and tie and, and train horses and save money. And, and I, I just remember telling myself, like, I am going to make the national finals or I'm going to die. Yeah. Like, I have to. And the times when my credit cards were maxed out and I had no money to go to rodeos and I was scraping and clawing and failing, I just kept telling myself, man, I'm going to do this or I'm going to die. And I don't, I don't think that's right for everybody. I think it worked for me because I was willing to go to whatever length I need to to get the job done and to get my goals done. And it's not the way I think now. Yeah. But younger in my life, that's the way I did it. And it, sometimes you just got to raise the stakes. Well, you got to find something that's pain out versus the pleasure. I'll yeah. tell you one last story because I think you're wanting to wrap it up here. But I think it's one thing that here's another little quick story to think about in your life. So there was a scientist that got this plant and uh, he wanted to find out if plants had energy. And so what he did is he put these receivers on the plant and then how he did the test was he went to light the plant on fire and all of a sudden, boom, everything went crazy. He was like, yeah, obviously this plant had energy because when I went to burn it, it actually produced oh, wow. energy throughout the plant. So he wrote the whole study up. It was a really cool study. Published this study in the journals, scientific journals. Well, another person got this, this study and wanted to re, redo the study basically yeah. and prove the study again. So this guy gets a plant, hooks it all up, gets the fire out, go burn the plant. Nothing happens. So he's like, this is crap. Yeah, it's fake. It's not so real. This is real. So he called the gentleman up and he said, look, I went to reproduce your whole thing and it just, it doesn't work. And the gentleman on the other end said, did you have true intention to burn the plant? He said, no, I'm not going to burn the plant. He goes, that's why it didn't work then. He goes, go with true intent to burn the plant and see what happens. So he said, okay, as soon as he had true intention. Yeah, like he yeah. knew he was going to burn the plant. No doubt. Guess what happened? The energy changed. The energy happened. Yeah. See, when we don't have true intent, we can say it all day long. I don't care who you are. But until the pain versus the pleasure and true intentions there, nothing happens. Yeah, the manifestation doesn't happen. That's awesome. When did you start in the digital media space? Because, and, and guys, I'm leaving out some stuff in here too. I'm, I'm skipping along, but Bart, you know, went from being the cyclist to being the bodybuilder to... All those were side benefits of not, not my real work. Yeah. They were all hobbies. They were your hobbies. But your real work 
you know, getting into that stage of life is digital media. It was digital media. And, and for those people that don't know that, like, when you buy something online, you're buying it from a guy named Bart. <laughs> yep. Somebody oh, like that out there. That's right. And there's a lot of unethical people out there in that industry, right, Lots. that that don't really treat people the right way. Yeah. And it's like horse traders or anything else. All yeah, the, car know, traders, horse you traders, bet. you know, there's the ones that do it right that's and are right. very ethical, and then there's Absolutely. some that aren't. You bet. One thing that I love about the way that you do things, you're so ethical with the way that you, you know, structure all your businesses. But you went into you went into the digital space. How, how did you even have the idea to, like, be able to sell things online yeah. or learn about all that kind of stuff? Like, how did you make that transition? And obviously, you've been ultra successful with it. Why Why digital? Like, yeah. why, why, like why even go in that spot? So, I was I came from the reformulated fuel lubrication space when I lost everything. And that's, mm. that's one that kind of put me in bed and did everything. Yeah. I had a really good friend that knew that I was a marketing. Like, he just, he, he knew I was a really good marketer. And so he knew I was in a tough spot to be like, you know, and something like that. Yeah. And so he, he phoned me up and he said, hey, he says, Bart, I need you to help me. I have an issue and I need your marketing line. Can I fly my jet in and pick you up and fly you out here? And I said, sure. So he flew his jet in, picked me up, flew me to the pier of Santa Monica. I'll never forget. Mm. I got there in this huge boardroom and I saw all this stuff. Reed grew it all out for him and made him an absolute fortune. And he paid me handsomely for it. Wow. He didn't have to. Paid yeah. me way more. Yeah. than what I was He working. treated you good. Really good. Yeah. Paid me really well. And he sat down with me in a boardroom and he was worth, obviously, as you can tell, I'm telling you, he's got a jet and yeah. helicopters. Yeah, he's doing he very well for himself. Very well off. <laughs> Jeremy looked at me and he said, Bart, I'll do whatever you want me to do. You want me to invest in you in the fuel space or you want me to teach you where the future's headed? And now this, this young man is seven or eight years younger than I am. Yeah, so a young I, guy. He was younger. And he said, I can tell you where the future's headed and where I'm making all my money. He said, or you can go back to where you're at, but I am willing to do whatever it takes. I know who you are. Yeah. I know your mind and I know your ethics. And I said, Jeremy, I'd really like to know what you're doing. He said, okay. So he taught me what I need to be looking for. Yeah. Now, you know, and I know, I knew nothing about makeup still to this day. know nothing about makeup. It hadn't, but, but when I got on and I found that I did his pattern, finding the research, I knew it could be sold worldwide. And I knew that even in a down economy, women were going to buy lipstick. Yeah. So it fit the criteria. Because it makes them feel good. Yeah. Whatever it does for them, I was good mm -hmm. with it because I knew it would work. So I, I called Jeremy and I said, look, man, I've got this. He goes, you're right. You're dead on. This is perfect. So and what said, year is this? Just so people know. So that would have been 11, 12 years ago. 12 years ago, you're doing something online. Like I yeah. I didn't even think about anything online until like three years ago, four yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah. So 12 so years ago, this is when everything was hard-quoted. I mean, this was a nightmare. But anyway, long story short, so then we found the number one makeup artist in the world. Yeah. That was another thing. My network, praise the Lord, was great. Networked into him, and here we are today. And then that got private labeled for every Paul Mitchell school nationwide. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's how you went on to meet John Paul DeGiorgio. That's right. The, the, oh, Owner of Paul, uh, of, Paul, of Paul Mitchell yes, sir. Hair Products, who has an amazing story. Oh, incredible, actually, incredible story. If any of you an guys, incredible man. Yeah, if any of you guys have a chance to look up anything about John Paul DeGiorgio, an amazing man, a very humble man. Amazing. And he's also a billionaire, and he's yes. done so many great things for a lot of people. He really has. You should really check out his story if you like that kind of stuff. Um, you met him. Oh, several times. Yes, sir. Tell me about, like... 
Was it like, even though he's a, a billionaire, like, was there anything special about it? Did, did, Honestly, you, did he strike you as like, oh, he's better than this person oh, no, as no, a no, school no. teacher? So humble. And I mean to tell you what now, you guys. Like, this man, if you're ever in his presence, yeah. will give you the shirt off his back. Wow. Just yeah. absolutely. But the thing that impressed me the most, and I find this with a lot of high-end guys, yeah. so I've really tried to do it myself, is I, I wouldn't be surprised still to this day. Every time I've ever seen him, he's known by name. Wow. Now, how he does it is, I mean, wow. you got to think of all the people. Oh, right? yeah. And I mean, I'm a, I'm an office peon, but I am. I'm a peon yeah, in, really, in his world. In his yeah. world. I'm not in it every day. Yeah. But yeah. every time that man sees me, eye to eye. Yeah. And it's like, I'm his only friend in the world. Now, you hear that about Brock Obama, too. Yeah. You know, like, he, that's one of his. You know, Joe Beaver does that really well. Really? Yeah. Joe Beaver does that I find really a lot well. of humans that do that. But, I mean, like, when he when he speaks to you, I've never felt more. You just feel his love. Yeah, you feel like you relate to them. And that oh, absolutely. They care. They he care really cares. Yeah. Yet, I know he's got a bazillion things on this man's mind. Yeah. But the only thing that mattered to him in that moment, every time I've ever met him, is me and wow. my name. Wow, And, and cool. I've never not felt that way. Even in a business so cool. meeting, I've never listened to him speak in a deal that he's never cared more about others than him. Wow. And I think that's a lesson to being prosperous. You know, so many times people think that, you know, people that have money are just ruthless, mean individuals that suck it out of somebody else. And I just don't believe that. I don't believe that money is that way. I'm, I'm very blessed to know a lot of influential people through the rodeo space, and I'm talking presidential candidates, billionaires, individuals that are extremely successful. And I don't know if it's by the grace of God or dumb luck, but all of them, all of the people that are in my network are just really humble, great human beings. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that's one of the things I just love about you. Oh, thank you. You know, because a lot of people that might meet you they, they form an opinion about you very quickly. You bet. Right? Because if they know your whole history, it's like, how can this guy do all these different right. things? Like, yeah. is this real or yeah. is this... How does he dress somebody to speak on stage and then turn around and rope a steer and then yeah. turn around and he's in the bodybuilding space and then turn around and he could be on a bicycle and turn around in digital media and talk tomorrow. I get yeah. it all the time. Yeah. yeah. And so after getting to know you and being a very, very close friend with you for now a couple of years or a few years, I think you're a real gift. Oh, thank you. I really... I really, truly believe that you're a gift to people. Thank you. Guys, if you've seen this guy the way I've seen this guy, meet somebody that has no financial significance yet given days of your time, <laughs> like we did at ClickFunnels that yeah. one time. Remember the young lady that oh, came yeah. up that didn't know anybody that needed help? And she was like your shadow for like three or four days at yeah. this event. Yeah. And it was just a super kind thing that you did. I just think that, you know, that's really what the world needs. Oh, is more people, you know, like you that are able to... Well, do you know why you meet people like me, Tyson? Why is that? Because we attract who we are. Yeah. And that's who you are. Yeah. You do the same thing. Yeah. So that's, that's what we do in life, right? So if you're not attracting the kind of people that you want to see, you're not being the person you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're a reflection of who you are. And you'll attract them. And I... Wow. I don't even know if I can add anything to that, but... It, that's brilliant. You know, you take a look at yourself and you say, all right, why am I not attracting nice people to me? Why does everybody always seem to be scared of me? Why, why don't people greet me with a smile? Right. And I actually learned this lesson one time. I was going through Walmart, and I'm a fairly intense guy, guys. If you don't know me, <laughs> but, but, I won't tell you what his mom said yesterday. 
Uh, I'm a fairly intense guy. I was walking through Walmart this one day, and I was in a hurry. I'm always in a hurry, if you know me. <laughs> this lady, as I walked up, she says to me, uh, Tyson, or she says to me, this one's going to be mean. And I'm like, what does she mean by that? Like, she didn't even know me. I hadn't talked to her or anything. But she says, this one's going to be mean. And I'm like, why would she say that? And here's a lady that's making like, you know, eight, ten bucks an hour. And she has to deal with a thousand people a day. You know, coming through there, they're angry. And it switched me like that. She said, this one's going to be mean. She wasn't trying to be mean to me. Right. And she said it really softly. Like, she probably didn't even want me to hear it, but I heard it. And I switched that fast. I'm like, hey, how are you doing today? You know, and I... And I went into the Tyson that I want to be, yeah. the Tyson that I work for every day. But I was going to get back what I was putting out. Yeah. God mentored you in the moment. He did. He mentored me in the moment. And what you said was amazing was that, you know, you receive the energy that you put out. If you're cranky, if you're upset, if you're in a hurry, things are going to get cluttered. Things you're are going to... always negative. Yeah. If you're always negative, you're going to look for negativity. I think, Bart, you know, number one, you're a true gift to society. I appreciate you taking the time out of your oh, schedule to glad to do it. To give to my audience. I know this is going to go out there and benefit and help somebody. Awesome. Let's do it. Thank you so much. Guys, if you want to know more about Bart, uh, you can follow Bart on social media, on Facebook, on sure. Instagram. Uh, he's one of my very best friends in the world, so I endorse him 100%. Thank you. Yeah. I just, I'm just so thankful. Thank you for the time. Guys, go check out Bart. Doesn't have anything to sell you right nope. now. He's not trying to pitch you on a new book deal or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Got some good ideas coming my way. <laughs> yeah, or anything like that. But yeah, go check out Bart. I appreciate you. I love you. And thanks yeah. for being here today. You bet. Talk to you guys later. See ya. Hey guys, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Tyson Durfee Show. If you don't mind, please, please, please subscribe to this podcast if you felt like you got value. Also, if you don't mind, write a review. Both of those things significantly help me out in getting this show to more people. And don't forget that there are more episodes, so go on to the next one. Give it a listen, and I'll see you guys soon. Adios.